0: welcome to the after the fact podcast with your hosts luke matthews lay your head down so that i can give you arabian sand goggles before you leave (laughs) christina peck
1: no i need the table to know me where my mouth is in the distance.
0: Patrick Manning. That's what I always see on the other commercials for it. It's just like some some dude and another with another dude's foot in his face. And Mike DiPetrillo. Why is it everything that you guys hate I love? Are you recording? Oh yeah. Why are you doing that? <laughs> This is when all the best shit comes out. <laughs> it's still so awesome.
1: You're a horrible person.
0: All right. Well, now that you know that we're recording, we should probably start, huh? I
1: hate you.
0: I don't know if we should call this episode fourteen <laughs> or if we should just leave it. Fuck it. Why not? Welcome to episode fourteen of the After the Fact podcast. Uh, I'm just
1: gonna make up numbers. Where- <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, we nobody nobody actually said that on the uh, on the last show. We said it would be like. Ep- whatever anybody posted the forums, we were going to use like episode pickle or Micas- Micatron was like episode turd brown and it- <laughs> Micatron <laughs> like,
1: would say that yeah
0: <laughs> and uh, but nobody posted anything so I guess this is just going to be episode fourteen uh, okay. and it's probably going to be a short episode uh, judging by the subject matter but we are all in Vegas yes in Yay, Vegas. Vegas
1: it is really hot
0: it is a hundred and something you've got your iPhone out what what's the temperature right now. <laughs> So yeah, we don't like want to go outside. today, it was going to be 104.
2: Let's see it's where a, we're at now.
0: That's clearly not 88 degrees. No, that
2: was this morning when I looked at it at 8 a.m. It's
0: 103.
2: 103 right That's now.
0: That's not okay. There's nothing okay about 103 degrees. It's
2: 5 in the evening and it's 103 degrees. Jesus.
0: <laughs> Jesus. we it was, a bit warm. It was like 90 last night when I came to bed. It was rid- and that was at midnight. That's ridiculous. Ninety degrees at midnight. That's fucking absurd. So you should
2: write a letter. <laughs> <laughs> Weather gods, what are you doing to me?
0: <laughs> anyway, we are sitting in uh, our hotel room at the uh, Monte Carlo. Uh, we just got back from a day of hanging out at the uh, at the Classic Gaming Expo. <laughs> oh, half a day. <laughs> half a day of hanging out at the Classic Gaming Expo in in Las Vegas at the Tropicana. Um, I am joined by my esteemed colleague Christina. Hello. and both of our significant others uh christina's husband jason is here hello and my wife christina which the is gonna be christina. awesome yeah it's <laughs> gonna be awesome for everybody listening that we've got two christinas that's gonna be great
2: i always love sitting in the other room when you guys are talking and luke starts having some description about christina and i'm always like which christina is that is that me or the other and one? i always have to correct myself I'm yeah because like, so. yeah, i'm
1: confused as well i'm like i don't remember that yeah
0: I'm <laughs> Like, is that <laughs> a story i should know so you guys got an awesome hotel room
1: yeah yeah it's like 87 feet long, and <laughs> I don't know. It's
0: like 1,500 square foot bar. hotel it's, room.
1: It's huge. It's huge. It's, it's stupidly huge. There's really no point for it to be that huge, but it's awesome. It at
0: least have has enough room for our uh, purchases for the day. Yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah. That's fair.
1: Of which we have many.
0: Which is which is the the positive that we're going to go into in a little bit, but yes. I, I just want to talk about Vegas right now. I don't really give a rats, rat's ass about anything else. Oh, okay. So, it's hot. It's, it's nice. hot. It's hot. I played some poker last night, and I did. Didn't do so so well, but whatever. I know you guys are probably going back tomorrow, right? Yeah. You guys are going home tomorrow, so we're. Um, I had originally uh, said that we were going to do two shows from here, but that ain't going to happen. Um, not unless we do one in the middle of the day tomorrow. Um, if we have another
2: half day, we can do it before they leave. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> Combine um, them
1: together. It would depend on what happened tomorrow as well, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: So, so uh, I'll try and get this one posted on Sunday. I hope uh, and. If you don't hear another one, then that's because we didn't do another one. I'll actually – I know, Christina and Jason, you guys walked away with a positive experience for, from it. Uh, and why don't you talk about why? <laughs>
1: uh, it's pretty small. It's a lot smaller than I thought it was going to be. The vendor room is actually really tiny. Uh, but still, I managed to spend quite a bit of money and buy quite a bit of stuff. So I walked away. I've got, like, I don't know, 10 boxed NES games, a couple carts I need for my collection, which is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh finally picked up Panic Restaurant. That's pretty cool. I've Panic never...
0: Restaurant. Uh, you showed me that. I have no idea what that is. What? is.
1: I've never actually played it, but I've always wanted to. I've heard really good things about it.
0: Really? Yeah. Like, as in it's a good good game, or is it it's so hilariously terrible that you... Well,
3: we only know it's on the rarity list, so that's about it.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, I'll know that's... later, once I actually get a chance to play it. Yeah, I want to play no. it. I heard it's good. It's by Taito. Okay. So...
0: It is. Is yeah. it just like a? Is it like a?
1: I don't know.
3: All right. <laughs> it's on the rarity list. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> makes it desirable. I don't really care. Yeah, I don't really care about the rarity list. It's on the list of stuff I don't have until today. Yeah, well. So and that list is go. growing
2: smaller and smaller, isn't it?
1: Indeed, it is. Which How is it close are you also? with your
0: NES collection now?
1: Uh, about forty. Nice. Yeah.
0: How many games total are there on that list that you've collected so far? Uh,
1: so that we've gotten.
0: Well, okay, what's the total list minus like your forty that you're missing? So
1: like six hundred something? I don't know. It's a lot.
0: And that's not including is that that's is that including tension stuff and no. unlicensed? That's just licensed, licensed flat up Nintendo nice.
1: Yeah, just licensed stuff. So it was pretty good. Um I'm actually looking forward to tomorrow. They're uh, screening a documentary called Git Lamp, which is a uh, documentary on text adventures. And Get I'm lamp. pretty
0: that's a, uh <laughs> That's an awesome title for anybody that's ever played one of those piece of shit adventures. Shut up! I know. I, I say that now. I I like those kinds of text adventures. I've always liked them. Uh, I I don't think I can play them anymore. You know, I used to I used to play muds every once in a while, and I played text adventures, and and it just um, endless endless hours of of walk forward. You know, I personally underst-
1: like the. I do not understand what you are saying. I do not understand
0: what you are saying. You cannot do that with this item. <laughs>
1: you, I always love the idea of trying to figure out what it wants you to do because you never know. You just end up typing in random words and mm-hmm. like synonyms of what you've already said. Yeah. So you never actually know if you have figured out what you need to do or if you are just not telling it what you need to do correctly. <laughs> and I then love
0: you it. then you start figuring out the syntax for the game where and which words you can abbreviate and stuff. So you are speaking this just. Funky shorthand language just to get the game to do what you want it to do.
1: I'm looking forward to that documentary. I feel like it will make sense to me. Yeah,
0: it I'll might be fun. It.
2: I want to see it. I've never actually played one of those before.
0: Ever? Really? Yeah, no. Wow.
3: They, they were yeah, out like, pretty... when I was a
2: kid, but they weren't available to me. I think and, it'll be tough. So I just never played them.
1: It'll be tough to jump into one at this point. Yeah. Because you're gonna be like, where's what where's the controller? Crap! <laughs> I don't understand. What does it want me to do? Yeah. Why am I using a keyboard?
0: That's why I always hated the, like, the vaguer, the more vague ones where, you know, you walk up to a gate and it tells you everything that's around. You know, you walk up to a large city gate. The gate is locked. To the north is a road that follows the city wall. To the south is a road to the city wall. To the east is the road that you came on. There's a skeleton holding a stick. Pick up stick. (laughs) You can't do that with that item. Fuck.
2: (laughs) Pick up skeleton.
0: Pick up bone. You can't do that with that item open gate gate is locked (laughs) key i don't understand what you're saying (laughs) son
1: of a bitch i love them i love them i can't help it but so i'm looking forward for that tomorrow and then uh there was the museum that was there that Mm -hmm. was kind of cool
0: yeah the museum was pretty cool i actually ran across in that in the museum room one of those little uh led soccer games that I had when I was a kid. Because I've never seen one again, right? I had it ages and ages ago and came out in early 80s. And all it is was the one of the screens with the red LEDs and a four-way, uh, like, um, direction button. I don't even remember how to play the goddamn thing. But I just remember having it, and I finally, for the first, that's the first time in easily 20 years that I've actually seen the one that I had when I was a kid. Um, and it, it seeing something like that kind of makes you realize how small community is that actually had those kinds of things because if they managed to pull one into this museum and it is the exact same fucking thing that I had when I was a kid that means there probably weren't a whole hell of a lot of things like that around you know it's it's fun it brings back brings back childhood memories so it's pretty cool
1: yeah they had a lot of really cool stuff um I was pretty sad that they had a bunch of Atari stuff but no Atari ST
0: yeah I stuff. noticed that like
1: I mean, if you're going to have Commodore and you're going to have...
0: Uh, they didn't have a Commodore 128 either, which I was kind of surprised by.
1: Yeah, they had an Atom, though. Yeah. Uh, so like A Commodore
0: have, Super Pet. Like, what?
1: You have all kinds of random stuff, but you don't have an Atari ST? Really? <laughs> and nobody was selling Atari ST games either. It was all 2600 7800
0: You notice they also didn't have... Um, any of the old Apple systems. They didn't have an Apple IIe in there on there for for display. I didn't see a Trash 80 in that room. I only saw
2: one Apple product in there, period. Yeah.
0: And all of those things, like, especially Apple IIe's, are big parts of my childhood. Playing Oregon Trail on a crappy green screen on an Apple IIe or Apple IIc, it it was kind of incomplete, I guess, which is weird because the museum tables at, when we went to the one in Kelso, they did have a TRS-80 and a, an Apple IIe on that table, um, and that one seemed a little better organized. Like it was like kind of laid out in chronological order. There wasn't as much random, just kind of thrown in stuff. There was a, chrono- a chronology of video game stuff that was pretty cool. This one, this one was awesome. Don't get me wrong. There were, especially some of the random stuff they had in there. They had the the twenty six hundred game, I think, called. I think it was like Starship, or I don't remember what it was, but it, they showed it and. There's a the picture on the cover has this giant like starship and they had what appeared to be the original model for the picture that was on the front of the thing and it was just a cobbled together plastic model of Looks like it was built from Star Wars toys, so it was like on top was part of a Millennium Falcon, and then there was oh, some other random yeah. stuff, and then the back end of a Star Destroyer plugged into the back, and they had it sitting right next to the box where the paper, that, that kind of stuff is that cool was really to see. Cool. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: They had the original painting that was used on the Warlords box. That was pretty
3: cool.
0: They had that. Pro- they had a. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but they had a prototype for a what was potentially going to be a Star Trek uh, like handheld game. And it was in like the shape of a Star Trek ship, and the screen was going to be in the disc and stuff. But it never went to production, so all they had was this um, this prototype that was made off of the molds, so that the production designers could see like how it was going to f- see and look and feel, and those kinds of things. I really like seeing in these museums, and that's the cool thing to come to these kind of classic shows for is to see stuff that you know shouldn't really be around anymore you know there's no reason for anybody to have this stuff other than to be like fuck this is cool and it's an old video game and yay
1: yeah they had some they had some really cool stuff they actually had a uh, store display i don't know if you guys saw it it said uh 995 2600 games Mm -hmm. so it was like something you would see like in a in a walmart or something now i didn't see that it's like a little cardboard cutout it was i mean stuff like that that really shouldn't make it that yeah. stuff yeah.
3: should not exist. Yeah. Because the store is recycled. And it looked brand new, too. Yeah, it looked yeah. really good. It just came out of the box. Yeah.
2: Somebody swiped that from the store back way back when. It's like, yeah. I'm going to keep that.
1: But that's the thing. like Most people didn't realize that that would even be worth be taking. It
0: something, yeah. Yeah. It
2: was probably still not so. worth anything. It was just the value to the person who grabbed it. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it was, it was cool, though, to see stuff like that. I, I love looking at old classic stuff.
0: I like to uh, – I got to say, from from someone, I I didn't know what to expect from this show, really, because um like you guys clearly are coming here to buy stuff, and I'm not. I am coming here just to hang out, and see what it is. You know, more it's more of a trip to Vegas for me than it is a trip to the CGE, but it was the show floor itself was larger space-wise than I expected. The the vendors felt really sparse. Um they had like Atari Age looked the most they were clearly the most professional setup in the room they were Um, really
2: cool i i've never heard of atari age and i was i think it's so awesome that they're making new games for old video game systems yeah that's just that's really cool that
0: whole yeah that whole setup where they had a whole bunch of brand new 2600 games basically and and their their setup was was great right they had all the 2600s out there demoing their games and they had their their booth was set up really well um there's very organized uh some of the other vendors were okay. I mean, there were a couple of vendors in there that were actually really cool. The first one that you guys stopped at on the uh, when you walk in the door to the left that was just stacked with, you know, big plastic cases full of crap and all, all the game stuff. Those are the kinds of things that I expected to see and that I wanted to see a lot of. Mm-hmm. And there were only a couple that had that kind of volume. And then there were a lot of just, like, really sparse, sparsely populated booths. Yeah,
1: like the guy I bought that panic restaurant from, he had three games in his case. They were just all really hard to find games, but that's all he had. He had a, a booth with three games.
0: That just doesn't make it's It doesn't make any, any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense why it, like...
2: I gotta wonder if they just didn't have the ability to transport everything here and then back
1: again. Yeah. Which is what he said. He said that they didn't ship anything. All they brought was what they carried on to the plane. But I mean that kind why of defeats why would you go to an
2: expo if you're only going to have three things? Yeah,
1: it sort of defeats the purpose of having a booth in a vendor room. I mean, Yeah, if
0: all you're trying to do is push your website, you can do that with a swag bag flyer or an ad. Yeah. I mean, that's what we did, mm-hmm. right? And um hopefully we get some somebody out of it, but <laughs> you know, some of the other stuff that was in there made that made a lot of sense. It was really cool. Like there there was the one booth that was all dedicated to the uh USB adapters for classic controllers stuff. That's awesome. I'm actually tempted to buy a couple of those um, because I would love to play Cave Story with a Super NES controller. Mm -hmm. That would be fucking awesome. And then right around the corner from them was the booth that had all the, uh, instead of the adapters for original controllers, they were basically USB um, rewires of original controllers. So it was like an SNES controller with a USB cable coming out the back the The free play area was kind of cool, except for the fact that uh, a lot of the machines that they had back on their um, the arcade machines, they didn't actually have them set to free play. They just had them like the coin doors open, so you could you know you could get credits. But then there's if you knew how to do do it, right? Like that's and that's one of the biggest things. Like there were a couple of those coin doors I, I opened that the. Coin mechs were unfamiliar to me, and I didn't know how to actually operate them to get credits. So I didn't end up playing. Yeah. You no. know, so sp- I would
1: have been too scared to leave my coin door open yeah. on some of my systems when I wasn't there. Like that just seems like somebody could reach in and just be a jerk and yank yeah. on yeah. a cable or something,
0: or get a nice a- shock. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that that's liability with an arcade m- machine, man. I already shocked myself with one of my arcade machines, and I'm like. <laughs> and that was just a minor one that wasn't you know fucking touching a monitor and frying myself to death
1: yeah. well so, i mean no one should be touching the monitors fair. unless they have like stretchy arms. it's like reed richards ghost play arcades
2: i was there surprised was... by the number of arcade machines they had 29 machines and one yeah. cocktail cap
0: and and it, they were pretty the back cool
2: wall was full of them
0: that is one of the that's probably the thing that i am impressed the most by i liked that i liked seeing that long wall now there was some pretty obscure shit on that wall that i don't know if it was necessarily um needed to be there but um, it
2: was space filler
0: yeah they which just is fine. The back wall full
2: so pull in any arcade machine you can but that's it,
1: cool because there are certain games that i have you know as from my childhood like like metro cross that i keep talking about that most people would consider that to be space filler but yeah. to me it would be like the shining spotlight yeah of the of the wall
2: they had one machine that had super mario world and the controller was it this was funky. really huge uh, version of oh, the, the Super NES controller.
3: Oh, so it's the uh, Super Nintendo arcade yeah.
0: machine. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I've never seen one of those I before. I could not imagine the...
2: actually trying to play a game with that controller. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to actually do anything. Because, like, the buttons were angle.
0: gigantic. Yeah. And even the, the D pad was huge. Yeah. You know?
3: So I had Super Mario World, F Zero, and tennis.
0: Was Super it? tennis or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I've never seen that machine. Didn't even know it existed. Uh one of the tables in there. So there's I know what a Play Choice 10 looks like. Mm-hmm. There were they had another one that had twelve NES games in a box. Yeah. What is that? That's a retail it's came from a retail store. Is it is that like a retail display thing?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really want one of those.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh man, yeah. It's pretty. I'd cool. love to
3: go in there and ask them and see if they'd want to sell it, but I doubt. That you, there's no way you would. could
1: afford it.
0: No, probably not.
1: Those things are so good, but you pay if you actually buy one.
0: What do you? What have? You, so let's go on the positive. What did you, Christina? We'll start with you. What did you like about the show? What? What? What has been your kind of best part about this particular con?
1: Some of the stuff I found was really good. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of kind of the the smaller stuff I needed, but I was able to get some big items that I, I really wanted to get out of the way. Okay. Like so, what? Uh, Like, yeah, the Panic Restaurant. I uh, was able to get, like, a box for DuckTales 2, which is really rare. So that was pretty exciting to actually find a really good condition. So I was able to find really good condition boxes for some stuff, and mm-hmm. that was exciting for me. The trick is getting it home yeah. in good condition.
0: In good condition, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, but, I mean, it, I, I thrive in a vendor room that's just a bunch of noises and sounds and, like, yeah. looking around. I love that stuff, so. For me, it was smaller than I'd hoped. I feel like I was able to go through it way too fast. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like that too. So,
0: Especially for something that's being touted as the largest in the country.
1: It's smaller than the Portland show. Yeah. and uh, Which I'm really looking forward to as well. So
0: I am now too. What about you, Jason? What is, what's your shining moment of this particular con so far? I
3: don't, wouldn't necessarily say shining moment. <laughs> I did enjoy the the wall of arcade games. Mm-hmm. That was really nice. Finding uh box Double Dragon, box Metroid, uh box Super Contra. I don't know. Buying just, stuff. Just, just buying stuff. <laughs> I don't know. There weren't yeah, that many vendors that really were overflowing with items, but uh it it did seem really really empty. And mm-hmm. it should not have been. Yeah, for Vegas. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Portland now. So,
1: and in some cases, their prices were higher than what I felt like they should have been.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. I noticed that too.
1: I mean, you could get some good deals out of them. Like I feel like we got a couple really good deals, but some of the prices were a little higher than I'd hoped. So,
3: was anyone willing to haggle?
1: Some were, some weren't. Some were <clears throat> were absolutely fine haggling, but others were very firm on their prices, mm. which is kind of kind of rough, actually. Yeah.
0: Maybe As tomorrow well, they'll have yeah. a change of heart.
1: Yeah,
2: last day. Don't want to pack at home yeah
0: especially in for this market for the the niche market that is classic gaming like as much as some you know there are some things they, they always point to things like uh, air raid and shit as the shining examples of oh my god these things are worth so much money and the vast majority of it is not no it's just not it's only valuable to a small group of people and, and you,
1: even then it's less valuable than you might think
0: exactly and it, it's the nostalgia's there, right? There's a little bit of nostalgia where you're kind of wanting to grab something and be like, oh, it'd be cool to have this. But it's not a, I must own this, you know, because it's not a prestige thing like some other collections are. It's not getting you any, you know, your collection's not getting you anything except personal, you know, enjoyment. So... Yeah. You can't just put a premium on some of this stuff.
1: And there are some things that are rare and desirable for whatever reason, and so therefore people want it. But a lot of times it can be really rare and still be really cheap because nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares if it's rare. It's just no one has any memory of it. Yeah. And even still, I mean...
0: Like an Intellivision. Like as much as I might have memories of like an Intellivision or a ColecoVision, I'm not going to pay a lot for them. And they're... They're semi, you know, in the in the relative scheme of things, they're semi hard to find a good working Intellivision television or ColecoVision console, but not mean that doesn't mean I am going to pay fifty or sixty bucks for one.
1: Yeah, I mean the trick is just you, certain times they're they're almost like a perfect storm where it is rare and it's desirable, and usually it's because there is a story behind it. Yeah, even things that are rare and are somewhat desirable, their prices don't climb near to what like stadium events. I mean, you are not talking thousands, you are talking a hundred maybe 200 yeah like those types of things they're rare but no one really cares that much
0: yeah what about you christina my wife christina
1: (laughs) um
2: i had no idea what to expect from this um so i I was expecting it to be at least a little bigger Mm -hmm. just based on other small conventions that i've been to Uh, so i was um, a little disappointed in the size of it but definitely made me realize that i am not a classic gamer <laughs> a lot of the stuff they have and especially wandering through the museum the museum there's only one thing there that my family had ever owned uh, and that was the game gear which was mine uh, that was the first system i ever owned uh, and that's when i became a became a gamer but for most of the stuff it's it's it was before my time and i couldn't even look at it and tell you what it was of, if, without there being a sign there but i do think it's really neat to just see all the stuff that is available and all the stuff that came out during that time period. Yeah. Give us some perspective.
0: Those museum rooms like that always make me feel like there needs to be a permanent one somewhere. I mean, just, even if it's small, even if it's a section of another museum, there just needs to be one room where all of that stuff will be held and kind of kept kept alive. You know, because that's the kind of thing I like to do, right? I like going in and just looking through that shit and just being like, ah, oh, this is cool. You know, it would be awesome to have a museum where they have one one of each console that's that's set aside, right? And then have a few crappier conditioned ones that are just set out for people to play. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just fuck around with.
1: There's one. Um I'm not sure what its status is right now, but in Iowa.
0: In Iowa? Yes. I don't have any reason to go to Iowa. Well, well to go there. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's a
1: video game museum in Iowa. And a lot of corn <laughs> But there's a game museum in Iowa. It's what you just wanted. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's built there. out so of corn. Trip. <laughs> <laughs> it's what you just asked for. Who cares where it is?
0: Uh, it's just dependent upon whether or not I actually want to spend the money to go to Iowa for that thing only.
1: I I know I, I agree though. Um, like I like to look around and see what's going on and what you were like what you were talking about. This show is very Atari focused. Yeah, yeah. It was extremely so for me. Uh, like I'm much more of a Nintendo person. I'm a yeah. big Nintendo fan have been my whole life and and so to me I'm I'm really interested in the classic Nintendo stuff and there was some of that there but it wasn't a huge amount it was much more Atari which was nice on the one hand because they had a lot of Atari Jaguar and Atari Link stuff which is something that I do care about but the 2600 was a little bit before whenever I started gaming yeah so mm-hmm. as a result I don't have that just base childhood tie to it yeah, so I don't care do I. as much yeah
0: The closest I ever came was I had a ColecoVision for a while but even that was well after the ColecoVision was popular um so I'm the same way my my first real gaming experiences were with Nintendo stuff so um I don't know it's I think the show started as an Atari centric show if you look at the they had the t-shirt in there that had the different um like what happened every year and like where it was and and there was that little thing on the back of the flyer where they talk about it starting as an Atari-centric show. Oh. And I don't think it ever got out of that, really.
2: <clears throat> Maybe if they changed the locations, they would be able to support it better. I think the back of that flyer was saying that they're having trouble supporting it and it may not be here next year.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny on the back of that thing because it says in the same breath they... So, what Christina's is talking about was the back of the flyer for the show actually has this depressing story about the trials and tribulations of classic gaming expo. And uh, it's interesting because in the same like paragraph, he's the, the writer, I think it, I don't know who wrote it. Uh, I'd have to look at the thing, but says that um, it's a small niche show and they understand that, but they don't know why they can't seem to draw the numbers on the Strip in Vegas, and I'm like, you just answered your own question, right? You're in Vegas. It's a small niche show, and you're putting it in a town that is full of other shit to do. It just an expensive place with other shit to do. Yeah, it seems like I, I, ha- I'm really looking forward to Portland Retro because it's and it's in a more focused market where there's the community is more focused and tight knit and there's a lot more like classic gamer uh, there's a there's a a more active classic gaming community there than you're gonna find here you mm-hmm. know or and that's what i think this sh- this show would need if they really want to if they don't want it to die which is that's the thing that that aggravated me about reading that thing on the back of the flyers like when you're when you're <clears throat> promoting your show don't make it look like it's dying the organization was not good. Things weren't labeled. You know, it was hard to find some of the stuff in the show. It was, uh, it was hard to find the show. Hard to find the show. Yeah. You know, winding through the Tropicana, mm-hmm. um, it was uh, kind of just haphazardly organized, which was really a shame. Like, spend the time to label everything. Spend the time to, and what I was saying about the swap meet room, like he was, he was upset that nobody was in there. And I was thinking to myself, you, I was telling my wife that you have to seed those things, right? You have to go, you have to have somebody, if you want a swap meet room like that, you need to go out and recruit. A few people that are going to come to the show just for that, that are going to come in there and seed it, so that then other people will see that it's being used and be like, "Oh, okay, there's people in here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take some table space and yeah. do a swap meet stuff." And if you don't do that, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna sit down in that swap meet room when it's empty.
1: Well, it's hard to do that too because it's in Vegas. Having a swap exactly. meet yeah. room is tough because. Everyone's flying in. Everyone's flying in, so you have a limited amount of stuff that you can bring. And, I mean, if you have a lot of stuff, you're going to have a booth. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a lot of stuff, you're probably not thinking about how you're going to get it there. Yeah. Right.
2: And nobody wants to ship it because you're not really sure where you're going to ship it or when you're, when it's going to arrive. So you have nowhere to store it.
1: Yeah, you have nowhere to store it. And, I mean, <coughs> shipping really cuts down. Like, a swap meat's mainly meant to get rid of your stuff for fairly cheap Yeah, and to buy other stuff for really cheap. Which mm-hmm. is like for instance what I did like I went and bought a couple things from the Swap meet room, so I'm really glad it was there but I it's really tough because I have some stuff that I could have brought, but I didn't really I didn't think of it yeah mm-hmm. and I, I'm not sure how I've gotten it here yeah. and
0: that's probably why you didn't think of it because your brain was like, I'm flying to Vegas and there's no reason to think, oh, I'm gonna pack up giant fucking duffel bag full of stuff and hope that it doesn't get fucked up in bet- in between here in Vegas. Yeah.
1: Well, and I don't want to bring it here and then not sell it and then have to bring it back with me. Yeah. Exactly. Like I don't really want to do that as an as a non-vendor. Yeah. As yeah. as a, a con goer basically.
0: With a a niche con like this, stuff like that needs to be it needs to be in a population center, not a destination resort, right? You need like I could see something like this working somewhere on the eastern seaboard put it in New York or anywhere anywhere around New York or between New York and Boston something like this could definitely work with a giant swap meet room because then people can drive yeah and there's a shit ton of people to drive to it right yeah. You know, put it put it in Seattle, Portland area because then you've got all of Oregon and Washington where there is a pretty decent community. And then if you if you make it big enough, you can probably draw some people up from California too. You know, because yep.
1: Portland already does. There are yeah. actually people who come up from California every year. Yeah,
0: so, this so might,
2: Portland might not be the best place for this because this might compete with the existing Portland. No,
0: I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just, I just mean like Portland Retro Gaming Expo. I'm not expecting CGE to take it over yeah. or, or try and compete with it, but. Um, I'm hoping that Portland Retro...
2: This should move to the East Coast. Portland Retro should remain where it is and nothing should come to Vegas for classic games. <laughs> Not for this.
1: I think, I mean, there's lots of stuff that you could do, though. Like you said, the East Coast, anywhere up in New England or um, even, like, like, the Atlanta area or something. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. if you hit the South. Because you can get to Atlanta pretty easy. It's, it's right. large states, but you can move around. through yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Chicago, maybe. Chicago land area. Because it's just a matter of being around a population center that that would support it that would support it locally Mm -hmm. you know especially for a swap meet room but i i feel like um i don't know i feel like they're trying too hard to make it bigger than what it can support i have a lot of complaints about this con about how it's organized and everything um it's
1: it's good. It's good. It's a
0: good thing. It's definitely good because th- these kinds of things should exist, and I and I'm I'm happy that they do. Um, I hope that this con is able to continue. I think that it needs an organizational overhaul in order to make it happen. I'm hoping that the the people who run it are willing to you know do that. I'm sitting here bullshitting about it and talking about it and which, and I flew all the way to Vegas for it and I'm, I'm not disappointed, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm a little disappointed, but I'm not so disappointed that I, I'm like pissed off that I came, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just, there's just things that it, it just needs a, a pickup, you know, it needs some, something to kind of get a few more vendors in there or move it to a location that it's not going to, um, that it's not going to drown in its surroundings. The the con overall I think is fun and I like the I like I like what it does you know so
1: yeah I mean I like it it's got a lot of stuff going for it it's got uh they have a lot of classic gaming uh celebrities there yeah so I like the fact that they have stuff like that even what's, though I didn't go the,
0: the guy what's his name the... Ralph Bear Ralph Bear thank you I couldn't remember his name for some reason
1: well they have like David Crane which is pretty cool yeah um like they have a bunch of cool guys from like classic Activision and Atari. And that's great. Yeah, I that's really cool. the fact that they have that. But like you said, there's just so much to do around here that I didn't feel the need to stay. After mm-hmm. I went in the vendor room and spent the money that I wanted to spend and got what I wanted, I didn't really feel like staying because there's so much other stuff that I want to do in my limited time here in Vegas Yeah, that I was more than happy to walk out the door and be done with it for the day.
2: Yeah, yeah we left for lunch and I'm like, do we want to go back? Do we not want to go back? Yeah, I don't really care. It would be yeah. nice to want to go back and have something desirable to go back to.
0: If they had a, if they had a larger free play room, because um, there was so much open space in that hall, that if they had utilized more of that open space, put more arcade cabinets in there, put more tables with free play stuff, you know, this is the kind of con. Like Pax, uh, Pax always has that one floor where they load it up with with beanbag chairs and stuff. This is the type of con that they need to load up an entire area with couches and shitty TVs and yeah. hook up a bunch of old school systems and let people come in and play and bring in their classic games, you know, do whatever, you know, tournaments. They need tournaments. They need, uh, you know, they need something like the, um, oh, what the fuck's the one at PAX? now? the Omegathon, mm-hmm. you know, something like that for classic gaming. The, throw that in there, you know, just... Load it with stuff for people to do so that you feel like you're... You, the reason why I like going to PAX is because... Um, and I understand that there's very little connection between the two because PAX is now so fucking huge. Yeah. But you always feel like there's something to do. And you, to some degree, you always feel like you're going to miss something. That's kind of... On a smaller scale, that would be what this would be, you know, just make it a little smaller scale, but make it, um, but load it with stuff. Yeah, you know?
1: which like you were talking about a little classic terrible TVs and horrible yeah. uh, couches. They actually did that at Portland last year. Yeah. They had this old, ugly, brown with like yellow, like oh, totally just nasty 70s, 80s couch <laughs> and this ugly TV. And they had a 2600 set up there. That's great. I think they
0: had that here. They had one. Oh, did they? Right? I didn't see it. Because there were the couches that were over on that side of the room by where the bands were playing. Oh, um, yeah. But it, it, it was just for show. They weren't plugged in or anything like that. You couldn't really, do
3: anything with it. Oh, uh, really? you, drew your childhood. Decor.
1: Oh, because uh. there there's one for Portland that actually there's a picture of it they have on their website of uh, somebody playing a game on there with a bunch of people around him behind him Yeah. watching him play. See, that's what they need,
2: something to draw people to watch others play.
1: Right. Well, I mean, there's something just magical about especially if you're an old-school, like, classic gamer, of having a a game system set up and then somebody plays and they're horrible at it because... I don't know. Maybe they're like me. I was going to say that would be me too. And then somebody next to them like jumps in on the couch and starts playing as well. And you do this like this kind of ring, you know, ring around the controller type thing where everybody just Uh stands around and it just gets passed around. It's like, you know, hot potato controller, but it's, it's fun. It's fun.
2: Gaming. You get a group together and it's, you can make anything a blast.
1: Gaming is a social pastime. Yeah. It really is. For all the jokes about gamers being like horrible shut-ins who live in basements all alone. In in a lot of cases, gaming is a very social, social uh-huh. hobby, uh, because you either um, you either like to play games with other people, or you like to talk about it, or something. There just didn't seem to be a lot of places for people to just to go and kind of chat about
2: yeah. games. Yeah, like yeah, it. yeah. An opportunity to meet other gamers to discuss collections you might have at home that you weren't willing to bring here to bring to the swap meet, but there might have been other people that would have a list of things they're willing to trade and sell.
0: So maybe this is what we can do. I mean, there, we've, been, we've been a little down on the show, and it's, I mean, not without reason, but, um, like, if you could pick, like, one or two things that you would like to see them do better or something that they're not doing that they should do, what would your suggestions be?
1: I think uh just having a bigger vendor room would make a huge difference. Having it set up in a place and and possibly not in Vegas. As much as it's been great to be in Vegas, having it in an area that's easier to get to uh like less of a hassle, I, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Um less of a distraction. You know, just have it have it somewhere somewhere else, I think. But I, what you just brought up just brought up a great idea is you have a way like have a board. You know, looking for X game have x just you know to trade mm-hmm. like some sort of like a want board or something would be yeah.
0: great yeah.
2: get people just in contact with each other even if they don't bring the product
1: it's just something something where you could kind of have it i don't know here
0: yeah well, I think that would be the key. That's when you bring up, you know, putting it in a, a different place, I think that would be what the would be good for the swap meet room. Like have a big board where people have all their stuff posted because if you have it in an area where people can bring their stuff, then that makes it better than than anything online. It makes it better than Craigslist or anything like that because now you've got, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, of gamers in one place, you know, with their stuff in hand. You don't have to worry about, you know, where you're going to take it to meet somebody or where you're going to find it or how mar- far you're going to have to drive to get it. You just all can, you know, kind of conglomerate in one area and then you can just do it.
1: Yeah. Well, like with the swap meet room, because you can go in and out of it so much. Like, I, there's probably someone there who has something I'm actually really looking for. Yeah. But I'm not there to see it. Right. Because it's such a, such a turnover, which is similar to like a flea market situation, except... I don't know, like having a way to meet up with that person because they might have brought that one game that I really want. No one buys it, and then they're gonna have to take it home disappointed they didn't sell it. Whereas if I'd only known it was there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I would have bought it. Yeah,
0: yeah, something like that. It could be a, some. It could be a situation too with that sweat meet room where if they had a big board, like a cork board, where I could bring in, I bring in a list and I say, "Here's all the games that I have. I will be in the room at this time." <laughs> I'll be in here from 1 to 2 p.m. today. Mm-hmm. If you want anything on this list, come in at 1 to 2 p.m. Well, that there you go. Now you've got somebody. I can walk in at you know, 9 o'clock in the morning, and I look at that board, and I'm like, oh, that guy's going to be here at 1. I better be back here at 1. And then you know yeah. people kind of uh, gather. You mentioned wanting a bigger vendor room. And my question is, do you want a bigger vendor room, or do you just want more stuff in the vendor room more stuff in the room okay i want a more crowded vendor yeah room. see because i think that i think that this would have come across this room had a lot of stuff in it and would have maybe felt better if the the floor space in the room had been smaller with the same amount of stuff mm-hmm. i think it the perception would have been better you walk in you're like oh okay this is crowded there's a lot of people here you know
3: well i'm wondering if like what was it two years ago that it's that it was if it was oh, if it seven. had more if there were more people that actually came yeah because Maybe. this this year i mean the what two times that we went in there weren't that many people yeah yeah
0: well and he, he made a good point on the, on that again on that flyer where he's talking about the the struggles the show has gone through uh they make the good point that in in '09 the economy was shit like it tanked and this is the exact kind of thing that falls by the wayside when the economy tanks, right? Yeah. It's because it's just, you don't, it's entirely frivolous to be entirely honest. And mm-hmm. so when, when there's a shitty economy, then this is the kind of thing that's definitely not going to, not going to fly real easy. But yeah, that's um, the
2: perfect time to have one, have it located somewhere that people can just drive to instead of spending money to fly, right. spending a lot of money on a yeah, hotel room. Point. If you can drive to it, you're saving money even if the economy is down. Yeah,
0: see the other point that they made was that when you're holding it in a te- when you're holding one of these in a hotel in Vegas, the, their ability to get a hotel to host the event is entirely based on how many hotel rooms they can guarantee they will sell for that hotel. Mm-hmm. Right. And if they can't sell a lot of hotel rooms for that hotel, then the hotel's not gonna not going to host them. Which is why something like this, you know, you put it in a smaller hotel in a smaller market, maybe. You know, they, were, they they mentioned moving it. Um, you mentioned moving it, and I mentioned moving it, and I and their thing says that the possibility of moving it to a smaller venue like the Plaza in downtown Vegas, like if they were gonna leave it in Vegas, they bring up moving it to the Plaza almost like it's like it's a dirty thing to say, like they don't want to do it. And all I can think when I heard that was that's fucking awesome. That's, um like I think downtown's a much better place for this. Yeah. Downtown Vegas the would be great because feels
2: more fitting.
0: Vegas, downtown Vegas is very compact. There's, it's only about a six block length of Fremont street, about 10 hotel casinos tops. No, not even that much, maybe six or seven. Yeah. And like it, it's less distracting and there's going to be a lot less people like bailing on the show because you're right on the strip, you know, and the hotels are cheap. Like we stayed in the Las Vegas club for 30 bucks a night once. And it's, they're not, you know, they're not the nicest rooms on the planet, but who the fuck cares? You know, you're, you're hanging out, you're sleeping in it and they're clean and that's all that matters. What about you, Jason? What would you suggest they would change? Do you have any other suggestions?
3: No, I have to say that, uh, uh, I'm in agreement with uh, my wife, Christina, <laughs> 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 that, uh, yeah, smaller space, more vendors with uh, a lot more product, yeah. definitely.
1: Because a lot of the stuff here, to, it just seemed to be all the rare games, like they brought all their rare games because they're bringing it with them, but I like seeing non-rare games. Yeah. I like the crap, too. I want to see that.
0: Piles of Madden 94. <laughs>
1: well I mean it's true though. Yeah. Did you see any sports games? Nope. No. Because no one wants to haul that stuff. And yeah. granted, I don't want Madden ninety four. But Somebody you know, might. Some, yeah, if I'm walking off the street <clears throat> and I'm seeing classic gaming and I want to reconnect with my my childhood. If I played Madden ninety four as a kid, I'm gonna want Madden ninety four. Sure.
0: Well, and it's something that I that I've talked about a, a, a number of times with with my wife Christina that uh I, you know, I actually suggested before the show uh, when I was talking to her that I should go by my middle name which is Jason just to confuse uh everybody even more. Um That would be horrible. <laughs> but uh my middle name is not Luke. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Cuz that then would I would be, be creeped out. <laughs> We talked about this because I, you know, I kind of want to own a comic shop at some point, and uh, we talked about comic shop cred, right? And it's the same. I think you and I've had comic, uh, conversations about video game shop cred, right? I know you don't want to haul Madden ninety five, but if you if you have twenty five rare games and five hundred non rare games. If you set up a booth that has all 525 of your games in it, it is going to look and feel so much better to the people that are buying stuff from you. Even if that even if it's mostly shit, people are still going to want to... People want to rifle through drawers of stuff to find the things that they want. It feels cooler to find a copy of something cool in a drawer full of shit, oddly enough, than it does to find just have it handed to you kind of on a plate, you know? Yeah, no, so, it's true. You want to have that, like, it it gives, it lends credence to, yeah, it's satisfaction and it lends cred to your business. And we talked about this with with a comic shop, because, like, if I ever start a comic shop, nobody goes to comic shops for back issues on a regular basis. Occasionally, someone comes in, they rifle through the back issues, they don't find the one thing that they were looking for, and they walk away. But, if you walk into a comic shop that has no back issues, it feels creepy and weird and it doesn't feel like a comic shop and it's the same with any classic video gaming store right you walk into a if you walk into a video game store um, that is not a GameStop and it does not have Mario Duck Hunt basically. right it doesn't have a Mario <laughs> Duck Hunt it doesn't feel real it doesn't feel right and a, a classic gaming expo like this I expected to see piles and piles of shit games and people with giant backpacks on their knees with a fucking banker's box full of Nintendo games in their lap rifling through it trying to find stuff. That's what I like to see at something like this. Mm-hmm. So, that and that's not the show's fault. That's the vendor's fault. Yeah. And that's um, that's something that I think needs to happen for this show to succeed is that the vendors need to be willing to support it better. There need to be more vendors. They need to do bigger things because it's not the show organizers all they are doing is giving you a place for your stuff there it's not their responsibility to advertise for you it's not their responsibility to give to make you know to make your booth stand out it's your responsibility to to compete with the other people that are in that room so do it right you know yeah. The show organizers do things like put on the concerts and put the free play room up and, you know, try and organize the swap meet stuff. And that stuff, that stuff um, was mostly well handled.
2: I will say the arrangement of the tables was very awkward. So you you first walk in, you have the row right in front of you that has a bunch of vendor booths, But then you get onto the walls and on the right hand wall, there's one table with like a few things on it that i never went and looked at because there wasn't very much there was only one table over there and then on the opposite wall you've got the big atari age stuff and then behind it near the stage which had a live band playing there were like three tables that i never went over to because there were round tables facing the band in front of it so yeah. it was well, it's the very awkward to get around to all the booths
0: the tables that were along that wall were the musicians uh, the ones in the back corner, behind the round tables, were the musicians that were com- that were performing oh, okay. on the stage. Well, they had tables with so it was information
2: like... on who they were, but <clears throat> yeah. it was still getting navigating around the people who were sitting watching the band to get over to those tables yeah. was it was just all very awkward.
1: Yeah, I feel like you know we've we've kind of we've talked about all the stuff we don't like, but I mean. I really did enjoy it, and i did too. I, feel I loved
2: walk- just wandering around looking at the yeah.
1: stuff. I feel like if they make a couple changes, um like I would totally be willing to come back yeah.
0: like to it, yeah, see, and that's the thing like i don't want i don't want i don't want this whole show to sound like we're bagging on it as much as we love it, we want it to be better <laughs> you know i I we definitely want it
2: to succeed
0: i I'm hoping you know I might fire this podcast at the organizers of the show and say we we had a, t- a an honest conversation about it and think you should listen mm-hmm. and uh I don't want it to die, certainly, you no. know I want it to be better than it is now, and even if it's in a place that I can't normally get to, if they move it to the East Coast or something, as long as it's still around, that's all that matters. you know, as long as somebody's going to it, yeah, um because it's the show overall, if I were to if i if I'm just to take a step back from it and you know stop bitching about the minutiae and just look at what it is it I had fun. And I'm going to have fun tomorrow, too. I'm going to go, – I'll probably go to that screening of the documentary with you guys just to see what it's all about. And and um, if there's more stuff like that, maybe, you know, if there's a cool keynote tomorrow, maybe I'll go to that, too. I didn't go to Ralph Baer today, which I think was today. Mm-hmm. Um, but
2: That's something they that were missing was in the the information in the bag that you get. There wasn't anything with the agenda of when everything was or where everything was. It would have been yeah. good to have to carry around and be like, oh, my gosh, it's – Twelve thirty. I'm out at lunch. Let me rush back so I can make this thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know. I wish that I was hoping that there was going to be more like classic arcade stuff as well. Yeah. Because I'm looking for stuff like just small things or boards or something. Yeah. I would have really liked to have walked away with a new board for one of my machines.
0: Yeah, I'm a. I'm looking forward to Portland now, and I mean, maybe this is maybe this is a bad thing, but CGE has made me more more excited for portland retro gaming so i'm not sure if that's good or bad right like for this show i like
2: coming here to get an idea get a perspective on what a classic gaming convention is and what will what it'll contain give me a better idea of what to expect for portland
0: yeah yeah well i mean you're you're like you said earlier you're not a classic gamer either so it's um it's all new to me and what's cool though is that with with all of these organizational issues, you as a non-classic gamer walked away with it positive. Yep. You know, you you liked I the enjoyed, stuff there. I
2: enjoyed. I liked wandering around and liked seeing what products all the different booths had.
0: And and that's I think the important part right there is yeah. that you know because because we all have our own ideas of what it should be and what you know what we the specific little things we want to get out of it. And if those things don't happen, then of course it's going to come across negative from us. But um, when you take a step back, it's it's doing a pretty good job for what it is, especially for being, especially for not happening for the last two years. And this is basically kind of their rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping it's a successful rebuild. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that it it continues to get better because, you know, if it grows that's better for all of us geek gamers and classic gamers and yeah uh, better for uh gaming as a whole people got to know their roots you know
1: oh my gosh i would probably go back uh to see it and if, if they moved uh, there's it's entirely possible that i would probably go and fly out there yeah yeah if so. if they
0: put it in an urban center where it is going to draw a lot of people, a lot of local traffic, then that would definitely interest me. Like I would, I would go to the Eastern seaboard somewhere or to to Chicago or one of those large city areas. um, Because then I, then I would feel like I was going to be in a group of a larger group of people that were, you know, interested in the same thing I was interested in. There would be more like local traffic and, Um, it's always, those kinds of things are always fun too. When you have a, if you have a large local community, you and I were talking about regional differences in the United States in, for completely unrelated things to video games, but even for video games, it's the same. You can find some shit in, you might be able to find some shit in the, you know, Northeast that you never able to find here and for a hell of a lot cheaper than you can find it here. It's true. You know?
1: And the internet's done a lot to, to. To help that out, um, yeah. but for people like me who prefer to buy it in person, like the internet isn't as helpful to me as it is for maybe other people. Uh-huh. So i I would definitely travel to yeah. go to one of these events just to see if I could find some of that stuff. Like, I, like I've mentioned several times. I mean, some of the stuff that I'm not that I don't think is rare. You know, it, it is rare for me, uh-huh. but overall, it's not rare. It's not rare. It's not valuable. But for me, finding it would be important i mean you know the last game i needed for my n64 collection was v rally 99 <laughs> like that is not a rare game it's it's somewhat rare
3: it was rare until
0: we found it now all of a sudden it's everywhere i've seen, <laughs> I've seen like four or five copies since we got ours anyway hope the show's around next year and if it is everybody go to it uh and uh, here's my call out to vendors fucking support it you know Get your get your shit out there. Get big tables full of these classic games because I know you're out there. It exists.
3: Bring the shitty ones.
0: <clears throat> yes. Bring you know, the bring shitty everything. games. Bring everything. Bring you know, the manuals, rent a U-Haul boxes. and drive and anything video game related you can yep. find. You know, yeah.
1: Like, Toss me some T-shirts, some plushes, some
0: yeah,
2: you know, posters, bumper stickers, stickers, anything.
0: Random crap. Yeah. It's all
2: the other stuff. That's what was catching my eye because the, like the game systems I don't own so I'm obviously not going to look for the games it was all the other stuff the posters and the stickers and the pins and that kind of stuff that kept catching my eye that I kept wandering over to all the booths to look at yeah yeah.
0: pins like yes. shit tons of pins
1: yeah well I mean it makes sense right like gaming is a culture yeah, yeah.
0: anyway uh, thanks for flying all the way to Vegas Christina and Jason alright uh, thank you for coming with me mm-hmm. Christina the other one <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. And yeah. This, I think this whole show's been a little awkward, but <laughs> you know what? We didn't know what to expect, so uh, I'll just go ahead and start into the cleanup. Uh, rate us on iTunes and Zune Marketplace. If you like us, uh, put a rating up there. If you hate us, put a rating up there. Just let people, let everyone know uh, what you think of the show. Follow us on Twitter at AfterTheFactPod. Join the Facebook group at AfterTheFactPodcast. Um, you can email us if you have any questions or comments about the show at after the Fact at uh, also join the forums on the website. Bullshit about video games at uh, it's again. The website is www.geekerific.com, G-E-E-K-E-R-I-F-I-C.com. com. Uh, thank you, Jason. Thank you, Christina's. I'm Luke, and we're out.